Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to ALR PRA Weekly Law Practice Management Radio. Today is Thursday, May 20th, 2010, and I'm your host, Nick Augustine. ALR PRA is a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. Our six areas of activity are as follows. One, our legal staffing and work division called Pleading Drafter. Two, our PR and marketing division called Law Publicist. Three, our audit and compliance division. Four, the Law Publicist weekly online publication. Five, our monthly practice management and social media conference calls, and finally, number six, this weekly radio program featuring guest speakers who present relevant practice tips and legal trends in various practice areas. Today's guest is nationally recognized credit damage expert, Mr. George Finder. Uh, We're continuing with our series on credit damage with George Finder. We will be discussing today the availability of credit damage measurement and how to efficiently include potential recovery for credit damage as part of the intake process in each of your cases. George will show us how this additional step in the intake process takes less than a couple of minutes and can add thousands of dollars to complete your damage award and get a complete damage award. George will also explain how credit damage measurement can change an incomplete damage valuation that only includes personal and property damage to, again, a more complete damage at a better value for your client. And again, today, the topics we're going to go over, I'll list them one through four. Number one, the credit damage intake procedure. Number two, the availability of credit damage measurements. Number three, how to add value to a demand for damages. And number four, the response from the legal community. And before we begin, I just wanted to remind you that we do broadcast every Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock Central, which is also 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And from time to time, we also bring you special broadcast episodes when there's breaking news you need to stay on top of uh, your practice areas. So, again, we have a great show for you this afternoon. We're going to open up for callers 30 minutes after we begin. Um, be sure to email your questions to info at ALRPRA.com, which is, again, I-N-F-O at A-L-R-P-R-A.com, uh, or please call in by dialing area code 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. That telephone number, again, is area code 917-889-9732, and uh, please press number one, uh, button number one to be placed in the queue. So without further ado, George, are you there? How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Nick. Uh, A <clears throat> little hoarse here, but I will be able to have a good show. All right, great. Well, let's first uh, entice some people with our free offer. We're going to have a free offer. Let's put it out on the table right now. Okay, I'm going to be discussing several uh, intake forms that will help improve the value of uh, cases. Um, and if they call in or even contact you directly, they can have those forms at no charge. So free intake forms that help streamline the process. Uh, make it efficient, make it specific, make it effective. Well, we like those things. Um, all right, George, well, why don't we get started uh, talking about credit damage? I know that we've been all over the board with, uh, you know, different practice areas we looked at in the last few episodes, which, again, for uh, new listeners, those are available on the archive at ALRPRA.com. Uh, but today we're going to talk a little bit more about the availability of credit damage measurement. So, uh, George, why don't you take it from there? Well, I think the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to redefine for the new listeners what credit damage is. It's actually credit reputation damage. Uh, if, you're in a per- if your uh, listeners are predominantly personal injury attorneys, uh, they are frequently in situations where they 
must recover lost wages for their clients. If the lost wages are typically six pay periods or more, what happens during that time is that the client cannot pay their bills. They, um, so that as a direct result of the injury, and which makes it valid for including in the damage demand, if it's measurable, which is where I help, um, the attorney can include credit reputation damage. The problem is if, if the client is not taking money in, they're not paying money out as a result of the injury that they're suffering. And uh, that can be because they're in surgery, that can be because they're on uh, disability income, uh, which doesn't often allow for payment of all the bills that are appropriate for their lifestyle before the injury. And if the injury is the reason that their credit reputation is going to suffer, then it's appropriate for it to be compensated. And by the way, credit reputation is not just about having credit. It's also about the ability to get a job. If your client has been laid off and has lost their employment because of uh, the company going out of business, particularly in this economy, because uh, the job has been eliminated, uh, whatever the reason, if the job is not there for them to go back to, those same people are probably going to want to get a new job. If their credit reputation does not support their character as being suitable for that employment, they're not going to get the job because their credit reputation is not sufficient. So it's not just about the credit. It's about employment, and it's also about insurance. It is frequent for insurance rates to be adjusted, whether you happen to be in a state where the insurance companies can use uh, credit scores as a basis for rate setting for applicants. Uh, there are, you know, the insurance companies are pretty clever. They may not use it as part of the application, but if they have a tool that will allow them to adjust interest or uh, service rates to suit their purposes, they're going to find a way to do it. So, again, think about your client not just as someone who needs a, a ruling from the bench or a settlement, but who is going to have a life after this is resolved, that, they're going to need a job. They're going to need insurance. And most people want credit. Life is much easier with credit. And if addressing the possibility that your client is credit damaged at intake, you will probably spend the amount of time it takes to ask eight questions, which I'm saying was less than two minutes. And uh, all of a sudden, you, the case may open up a whole new aspect of compensation, thousands and thousands of dollars of compensation, because credit damage does not last as brief a period of time as mending a bone or, or going in for some short-term therapy. Credit damage is going to last a minimum of seven years. That's a long time to have to live with a problem. So doing it at intake, it's very simple. Ask some very uh, basic slightly intrusive questions. And the first question is, do you use credit? And the second question is, how much credit do you have? If And the third is, are you current on all your bills? Now, those are pretty simple questions. If your client is not current on their bills and the medical damage is sufficient, then they're going to have a whole new set of uh, reasons that their credit is not perfect. By contributing to that damage, the insurance company, in my opinion, is liable for that. And again, I'm not an attorney. I'm an expert witness and a consultant. The, so I hope that answers the question, Nick. It is. You said so. There are. Th you said um, there are five. There are how many questions are? What I mean, I know that there are. You know, your forms will well, have a lot of now, that on there. Right. But the, the real question that you want to know is: Are they using credit? And if so, how much are they using? And are they current or not on their bill? Okay. And okay. Well, how how um, 
what, what, what is, when you get the response from the client and the client says, well, you know, I, I do have credit, it's okay, it's marginal, I, I paid most of my student loan payments, my car payments are good, but I'm a little bit behind on credit cards, um, you know, what do you do with that information then? I mean, we're not, as attorneys, you know, uh, attorneys aren't usually, um, you know, in the business of being able to determine, you know, what's, you know, what's good or bad, so then what do they do? Uh, they go to a online service that I have that is called uh, the uh, address is um, Credit Damage Score. And the Credit Damage Score uh, program, which is absolutely free, uh, they will have to register for it, but there's not a nickel charge for it, uh, will help them determine the probability of compensation in their case. And depending on score that's generated by the answers, uh, there are suggestions as to what the next move might be on the part of the client or the attorney. Now, so that's something that even um, a paralegal or uh, the attorney's secretary could do. You know, you get, so you do, do the intake, um, you know, get the answers to the question, then um, hop on the credit damage score program and, um, you know, input all the information and see what you're dealing with. Exactly. Yeah, well, that sounds like a good time savings. Um, you know that that's you know it sounds like an added step. I mean, when you're opening a file, I mean at the law firm you go through a new client. Um, you know, you're opening the file. You have several steps you have to take anyway, so it's just within right. one of those other steps. Um, so then, what what will that? Okay, so when they go online and they go through and they enter the information, they do the program. What what it's going to tell them the likelihood that they have a, a you know a credit damage issue. Then what's the next step? What do they do then? Well, they monitor the case until they're ready to uh, present a damage demand. And by the way, some of the things that, that happen throughout the case may be something like a slow-paying insurance company that accepts the, the, the coverage but may take six months or longer to pay the bill, and that also ruins the credit of the injured party because the bill is typically in the name of the uh, uh, plaintiff or, or client, uh, when the insurance co- when the medical service provider provides uh, the, the client's name is on the bill, and if they don't get paid fast enough, they are not bashful about putting a late payment or delinquent payment or collection notice in the credit report of the client. Now that so the insurance do these. Let me ask a question. The insurance companies, I mean, they, you know, they often take a long time to pay. Um, is, have you, is it a successful effort to go after the insurance company on like a bad faith claim saying that you should have paid this, you didn't pay? I mean, if the person's not done treating, um, you know, so are we looking at a situation where we're talking about maybe partial settlement payments or, um, you no. know, along the way? I mean, at what point is the insurance company not in good faith? when it's not making timely payments, and the result of that is that negative information appears in the credit report of the client. That can be, you know, when something is is reported delinquent or when something is turned over to a collection agency is totally at the decision uh, control of the provider of the credit. So if it's the medical service, they get to decide. They could do it at the 31st day of treatment or of the bill going out, uh, they could also wait a year. That's really up to the to the uh, to the medical provider. But w- when they do it, is only important to the parties involved if it causes negative information to appear in the credit report of your client. Because unless that happens, there's no damage to the client. So that's one of the reasons that it's a real good idea as you're in the final stages of preparing your damage demand, check the credit report. Are you there? Do they, do they get a credit report earlier or during the intake process, or do they get the credit report later? Both. Credit reports are not expensive. And they're a wonderful way to know what the financial status, the credit reputation status of your client is. And it's not unknown for creditors to uh, not know what all the departments are doing. So the settlement department may be saying, yes, we're cooperating with you, and the collections department may be 
aggressively trying to collect the bill. Yeah, so we have two different uh, sides not knowing what the other is doing. Right. Right. Two different now, where do they – well, um, George, let's hop back in one second. Let's pause quick for our sponsor break, and then I want to ask you more about credit reports. Um, sure. Again, again, everyone tuning in, you're listening to ALRPRA Weekly Law Practice Management Radio. Uh, we're bringing you the experts and attorneys who share tips and trends in the latest uh, information that matters to your law practice. And we want to let you know that when you need the right legal services to advance your creativity for the business, again, the creative, we're talking about trademarks and intellectual property. Uh, The person to call, Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme at the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. She brings big firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm. She serves national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking the like button for the law firm's business page, you'll receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. And certainly there are so much going on right now with Internet marketing and advertising um, and domains that are very relevant to a lot of businesses, both large and small, in the area of intellectual property law. So, again, Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme. Um, now going back to George Finder, credit damage expert and credit expert credit damage witness. Um, George, tell us a little bit about these credit reports. So if you're doing your intake process at the law firm, you've asked them you know, several questions. Maybe you've called into the show today and uh, asked for the um, – you know, or you've gone to your site uh, and you have, you know, some of the intake forms. So now you want to get the credit reports. Where do our lawyers get the credit reports? Um, there are two ways they can get them. Uh, depending on the uh, status of the case, uh, they can start with a free credit report. There's no problem with that. It's never the best report, but it's better than no report. It will help the attorney get a picture of what, uh, the client's credit is pre-injury or at injury. The best credit report that you can get is called a subscriber credit report. And it's called that because only companies that subscribe to the credit bureaus are allowed to receive these reports. The best place to get them is at a mortgage company. And the mortgage company is probably going to be very happy to provide you the, the client's uh, uh, listeners with a pre-qualifying uh, report on the client, and in order to do that, they must pull a subscriber credit report. And usually those are also free. But when you go in there, you must tell the mortgage company that you're asking about a pre-qualifying credit report. The other alternative is to come to me, and I will help them get it. And my contact information is 714-441-0900, or you can contact me at my email address, creditdamageexpert at gmail.com. All right. Um, what, and what, any, any other sites you want to list right away? You know, list again that site that we talked about earlier, the Credit Damage Score Program. Where do they get there? Uh, at the creditdamagescore.com, they will be asked several questions, uh, some of which have multiple answers. And at the end of putting in their own answers, they will be given a score. That score is their credit reputation damage score. And that score indicates the probability with which they will probably be compensated for the damage that they've indicated has been done to them. Okay? doesn't tell them how much, just tells them that you're, you're probably going to get money on this or you're not going to get money on this. And it does it with a number. So it's not just a black or white uh, indication. Well, how much, how much are we talking in some of these events? Can you give us some examples? Well, the smallest case that I've ever been involved with, which was just recently, was $40,000 in credit damage to the plaintiff. Uh, the damages that have been awarded for credit uh, injuries alone 
this was in a uh, wrongful termination case. Are you ready? $1.4 million. $1.4 million on a wrongful termination? No, for the credit damage or for the wrong? Just for the credit damage. That's for the credit damage. The uh, other parts of it totaled about $1.4 million? Yep. It was in San Diego, okay. California. And by the way, I wasn't even the expert on that case. One of my associates was. <laughs> I was going to say, why'd you miss that one? So, okay, yeah. how did that, give us an example. I'm trying to imagine how a wrongful termination, you must be a, um, you know, a, a pretty high, you know, a, you know, C-level, uh, you know, executive there. Um, how'd that work? How'd that happen? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Was a real estate developer. Um, they decided, the company uh, crossed a couple of employment lines when they did it. Uh, it turns out that they uh, enticed the employee to use her own credit to do some of these uh, investments. And uh, when they um, thought they could do without her, they fired her. And then they found out they couldn't do without her. And all of a sudden she found that her credit was very damaged because of the actions of her former employers. Oh, so they used they used an employee to uh, they used an employee's credit to, uh, right. to leverage deals. Okay, yeah. is it was she on the hook for? Uh, did she have judgments or anything? Did she owe money to anybody? Oh, well, she owed money to a lot of people, but uh, those uh, amounts were transferred to the defendants and removed from her uh, responsibility, and uh, that was the, what should have happened because she was um, she was told that she'd been taken off of the notes. Right. Well, you know, and that's just the same thing as in a you know a divorce situation where uh, one party is uh, removed from liability from a certain debt, but that's just the order of the court. That's just a judge. It, you know, the credit damage uh, or the credit, um, you know, the the three credit bureaus don't don't care. You know, they're not interested in the court order necessarily. Um, so what happened? Have- yeah, you're right. Yeah, am I missing so the question? It, uh, no, I was just saying what you know what happened. How did it um, procedurally? How did they? Um, did the case settle, or did this go to a jury? Was oh, this a jury it award? Was, it was a jury award. Did, and and uh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. It was uh, a jury that was not terribly sophisticated, and yet it was properly explained to the jury. Uh, all of whom used credit and tried to imagine suddenly being without credit. You know, juries, much more than insurance companies, are very uh, sympathetic to trying to live without credit. Uh, And insurance companies know that, and that's why they want to settle uh, credit-related demands uh, out of court every possible uh, opportunity. Uh, They do not want it on the record. They do not want it in the statistics that credit damage is a very sensitive, emotional, expensive type of damage uh, that they are on the hook for. That's why for years insurance companies uh, spread the rumor that credit damage was not measurable. And because it was not measurable, they didn't have to compensate for it. Well, back in 1912, somebody recognized that credit damage was a compensable damage. And that's a lot longer ago than you or I were around. So uh, I didn't invent this, but I am the first expert witness accepted on this topic, and and that was back in 1995. So there was an 80-year gap of non-compensation for consumers who had this problem. Well, now they can be compensated, and they can get the thousands and thousands of dollars that their life is going to be um, messed up by because they have to spend extra money because things are more expensive or because they've lost the credit that they used to have or or even worse, because they can't get new credit. And that... Now, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... I have a... Just, okay, I was just thinking. I'm brainstorming here. Um, I'm trying to issue spot what I, I know that some other comments that I've heard from 
some of my attorney friends when I've brought up credit, credit damage and um, in the wrongful termination area. Can you clarify something? Does the wrongful termination have to be you know, related to the use of that person's credit, or could they just wrongfully be terminated and not be able to pay the bills, and now they've got a credit issue? Where, where is the line drawn? Uh, the second one, where because of the improper termination or dismissal, they were not able to suitably prepare uh, life between jobs, uh, and so that's what caused the damage. So if I am, so if I have someone working for me, and I fire them because, you know, for whatever unlawful reason, and I'm potentially on the hook, and not only is my unemployment insurance going to increase, but I'm also potentially on the hook for the damage to that former employee's credit rating if they can't find a new job and they lose their house, their everything, and their, you know, their credit's in the toilet. Now, I'm going to be on the hook for that? Well, only if you do it wrong. If you do it properly, better you're not, not on the hook at all. <laughs> follow the rules, okay? If you don't follow the rules, uh, of course you're going to be on the hook. Why would it be any different? It's a new level of accountability most people are not um, aren't used to. Do you find a lot of people find that these credit damage awards, um, do, you, do you receive a lot of resistance? Um, and who are you getting resistance from, if at all? I mean, it's got to be Defense. unpopular with someone. Defense. Defense lawyers, you bet. Okay. So if the, how are the defense lawyers? Um, okay, for now this is for all the plaintiff's lawyers out there listening. Um, the defense bar is going to try to knock off the credit damage expert. Um, how does that play out? Well, uh, if they have violated the law, and that has that's a totally separate issue than what the, what the liability is, but if it's determined that they have violated the statutes, uh, then they are, and the, there is damage that is measurable as a result of that, well, then the defendant is on the hook for that. Um, right. And if the, law, if the law is there and the law is supporting it, you're just there to interpret. You know, your, it sounds like your position is to um, really detail to the jury and to the court how the computation of credit damages, um, you know, how the, how the computation is done, um, you know, and, and, I'm, that, and assuming that – go ahead. Well, not only how it's done, but why it's done the way it is done. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, – it. The analogy that I use is if you try to have a um, first aid student explain a complex medical procedure to you, it's probably not going to, uh, the patient is probably going to die, okay? Well, it's the same thing. If, if you try to have somebody who's not qualified to explain the basis of a credit damage measurement opinion or monetization, uh, if you don't ask the right source for that opinion, it's not going to fly overwhelmingly, okay? Sometimes you may get lucky. But in terms of credit damage measurement, accountants and economists are not qualified to deal with the issues of loss of credit capacity and loss of credit expectancy. They are easily qualified or usually qualified to add up uh, some of the kinds of damage that would be included in an increased out-of-pocket cost calculation and there are several kinds of those kind, uh, types of calculations and accountants and uh, such don't think of them because they are not trained to think of that sort of thing. An accountant is a historian and can only deal in what's already happened. Uh, very often what I deal with has contractual basis so that it's not speculative uh, in terms of what the the obligations are and what they're going to cost. Okay? George, I have a question. Now, the diff the, I appreciate the difference between um, a credit damage expert and a forensic accountant, um, you know, and, and so forth, but is there, law, is there law on point that says that they may not be, I, you know, I understand your explanation, but uh, from an attorney standpoint, is there law on point that set, that you know backs up um, you know what you're suggesting. Well, there's no law that prevents a medical doctor from testifying about money. 
It's just that they're not qualified. And they are not trained in the type of information necessary to the topic. And an attorney who relied on uh, uh, academic education as opposed to uh, qualifying information or experience is not really doing a good job for his client. It's a good point. Good point. George, let's pause quickly for uh, a moment message from our sponsor. Um, if you want to get more clients, there's a guy you need to talk to. There's a seasoned attorney out there named Jim Thompson, and he's got a program called Get Clients Now. And the Get Clients Now program helps you take some crucial steps towards increasing the firm's revenue uh, through various time-honored techniques in the program that help you attract new business and encourage referrals. To learn more about Jim Thompson and the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit MidwestConsultants.net. You can also find Jim Thompson at Midwest Consultants on in their testimonials uh, also on Facebook by searching for Get Clients Now. Now, the ALRPRA strongly endorses Get Clients Now, the program, because we understand the personal accountability component of this course. Um, I personally have uh, met with and talked with Jim Thompson, and uh, he's quite a, a motivator and certainly someone on the accountability side that will help you do what you need to do to get more clients. So again, you can get in touch with Jim Thompson by going to MidwestConsultants.net. For those of you just tuning in, this is ALR PRA Weekly Law Practice Management Radio. We're talking to credit damage expert George Finder, who is uh, who is just telling us a little bit about the um, the reality of presenting uh, testimony in court on credit damages uh, for purposes of uh, a more full and complete recovery for the client. So, uh, George, continuing on, is there anything else that you wanted to mention to us uh, about the settled, the well-settled law in cases on point. Anything that our practitioners out there might uh, want to know? Well, I have a list. I don't want to be on the air blowing my own horn uh, too much. Um, so I have a list of my judicial notices, uh, cases in which I've testified, uh, and the results of my testimony in context to the entire case, uh, whether it's been a personal injury case or whether it's been a family law or a breach of contract. Uh, bad faith insurance is bigger and bigger in my caseload. Um, you know, there, it's the growing area, and uh, it, it's a matter of how complete a recovery is the uh, plaintiff's attorney going to get for the uh, plaintiff. And with all the new caps that are being uh, placed, at least in California, on uh, compensation for the plaintiff, uh, any new aspect that will rebalance the scales for more complete and fairer compensation to injury victims, uh, that's what we're all here for. One of the things, George, that we talked about on one of our earlier episodes was the change in the credit card laws. Um, has there been any recent uh, activity on the required disclosures from the credit card companies and uh, potential litigation there involving credit damages? Any updates? No. As a matter of fact, I think that the new uh, credit card laws are long overdue. I think it's about time that the credit card companies had to tell people if they only made the minimum monthly payment every month how long it would take them to pay off their credit cards. I think it's one of the reasons that uh, there has been a tremendous uh, trend in the reduction of credit card balances. Once people have realized how expensive credit cards are, uh, convenient, absolutely, but unless you have very good credit, it's very expensive to use credit cards, especially if you keep a floating balance. Think about this. Think about buying a computer that was a $1,000 computer and you put it on your credit card or the store's credit card and you only made the minimum payment every month. Uh, first of all, it would take you somewhere between 8 years and 11 years to pay off that $1,000 note. And you would have paid them in the neighborhood of $8,000 to $11,000. That's a lot for a computer at the time that you probably don't have that computer anymore. Yeah, if, you, if, if you're still using your same computer two years later, 
you're not with it anymore, and you're still paying for something. <laughs> uh, you know, you're paying for a memory. You're not paying for what you're getting. Yeah, it almost seems like uh, you'd be better off going to borrow money from the mob. They have better interest rates. Much better. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, well, so, you know, all this reform is, is going on. So we're going to see more in, um, uh, you know, I expect to see more in the area of some class actions and consumer suits and consumer litigation regarding, uh, you know, failures of some of the comp- credit card companies and the insurance companies to, you know, meet their requirements. Um, and the other thing we've, you know, touched on before is the idea that credit damage is, uh, you know, are a theory uh, for recovery, but not necessarily a cause of action in itself. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, that's correct. Credit damage by itself is not a, a has never been a cause of action. Um, I one of the new changes uh, that has uh, uh, that is in the works uh, that has been brought to my attention uh, relates to workers' compensation cases. Um, I was at a uh, uh, lawyers' conference over the last weekend, and several of the personal injury, 70 80% of the attorneys that were there were PI attorneys, and the uh, several of them came up and asked me, well, what about workers' comp? And I had been told many years ago to stay far, far away from workers' comp cases. And it turns out that the unspoken part of that sentence would stay away from workers' comp cases that are state-administered, not that are privately administered. Because what frequently happens on workers' comp cases is that those workers' comp insurance providers are guilty of all of the sins and omissions and rescissions that other health and medical insurance, uh, private uh, private as opposed to uh, government-issued policies. Um, And so that has become an area uh, of renewed interest, and possible renewed protection for the injured worker. So, again, stemming along with our wrongful termination, we also have work comp issues and people injured on the job. Uh, What else are some – what other areas are are, uh, hot in the news? Well, I don't know that those are hot. You know, what amazes me is that we're, so many people are overlooking what's right under their own noses. They're searching everywhere else except in what they already know to get case, to get new cases and then to get the cases resolved. Well, there's a large period between getting a new case and resolving a new case, and in that interim, when that case is actively in the office, there does not, in my opinion, seem to be sufficient attention to maximizing the value of those cases. Because I'd rather have fewer cases with less work and bigger money than a lot of little cases that I'm always chasing a buck for. Right. And, and you know, uh, uh, if you're going in with a damage demand and if your client or your, your listeners have not addressed the issue of, credit damage appropriateness to that case, it's, it's absolutely probable that the value of that case, the true value of that case will not be realized. And, and pay, uh, clients know that. They know that after the case, when they go to buy a new car, they want to refinance their house, and all of a sudden uh, uh, they can't do it because their credit has been trashed or they, they can't uh, refinance to a lower interest rate. I don't know if there's still people out there in that position, but there's, you know, they're all going to have to buy cars. They're all going to have to uh, either live on a cash basis or on a credit basis, or they're going to have to pay usurious or almost usurious interest rates that they wouldn't have to pay if it, the issue had been properly addressed. And the number one complaint of clients when, they, when the case is over is, hey, everything's more expensive. You didn't get me enough money. Well, and it's going to be expensive, you know, down the road, too. Um, you know, I remember, you know, years back when I was working in a personal injury law firm and looking at uh, the, you know, future damages, um, you know, let's say someone uh, 
you know, is no longer going to be able to kneel, um, you know, and do certain things, including, you know, washing the floors and the ho- whatever it is. Um, you know, right. when you start thinking about it, it just it goes on and on and on. And when you think about, you know, how many things, uh, you know, can impact our daily living, there's so much we take for granted. And, um, you know, just the, I mean, let's just think about credit damage. Uh, let's say some... Let's say you know you're, you have little kids at the time. Well, those kids are going to grow up, and you know, or let's say they're a junior high age. Maybe they're you know sooner going to be going to uh, you know college, or maybe you pay for private school. So um, the ability to borrow money to pay for your children's educa- education. I mean, you know, there's something right there. So um, you know, in determining credit damages, you know how how tell me you know the seven years thing is interesting. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the seven-year period and, you know, really at what point uh, the credit starts coming back and, um, you know, things like that, which are, you know, also these are things for bankruptcy attorneys uh, to think about as well. But um, tell us about that. Well, the, the law is very specific. The Fair Credit Reporting Act set the uh, statutory limitation that information could only properly be reported by the issuer of the credit for a maximum of seven years from the date of last activity. So, and that's uh, been standard since 1970. What the, and so, whatever the problem was, the calendar keeps clicking away or ticking away and things change. In terms of how that affects your credit score, that's a totally different issue. The day that something happens, the credit score starts to get better because one of the credit score factors is time. So something that happened two years ago is not nearly as important as something that happened today. Now, they're not big jumps. I don't want to give anybody uh, false hope, but credit scores change daily. Unless you have a foreclosure or unless you have a bankruptcy or a judgment, uh, your credit score is going to get better if you don't add new negative information. When I say you, I mean anybody causes negative information to be added to that file. So the, that's the seven-year rule. The more immediate rule is what are you going to do during those seven years? What's going to happen to you while you're trying to recover from what I will call the date of injury. And that's what the damage claim is all about. How are you going to, to live your life? Are you going to thrive or are you going to merely survive as a result of what's been done to your reputation? That's where credit damage needs to be measured so that it can be compensable. How you are going to continue to keep on, not only to keep on, but to do well and thrive during the period in which your credit is tarnished. And here's a question. With the credit damage expert or uh, the credit damage uh, recovery plan, I suppose, um, you know, you're looking at values. Uh, what about credit cleanup as well? Is that something, because I do get asked that frequently. Um, there are a lot of bankruptcy attorneys out there who are asking me about credit cleanup, and I know that it's not your core uh, business, but um, do you, do well, you hit, help with that as well? Well, I just wanted to help somebody get a reality check, okay? Yeah. Credit reports are allegedly if they're accurate and if they obey all the rules, they are there to protect both parties. You know, one of the reasons people get into financial over-debt, overload, is because there is nobody there to say, don't do that, don't buy that uh, trip to the Bahamas, don't buy that uh, enhancement for the new car, don't buy that uh, whatever it is that you're pampering yourself with. <laughs> if you've got the ormond, if you will... <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But okay. I, I have a I have a real simple way of determining and, and one of the reasons for for that is most people have no idea what they can afford. And I have a very simple rule and I know it's not part of uh, credit damage or credit damage measurement, but since you asked the question and because I like to spread this around as much as I can, here it comes. If you cannot pay for what you're buying in 10 equal installments, 
within one year with no late payments, you cannot afford it. Period. So 10 equal installments in a year, you should be able to pay for it. So I'm going to be uh, stuck with my current car, it sounds like. <laughs> okay, but, but the point is I just saved you a lot of stress. The point is, would you rather know that now, before you're in deep financial quagmire, or would you rather find it out while you're in the middle of it? Well, you know. Yeah. I didn't say it was good news. I just said it was helpful news. <laughs> well, you know, from someone who uh, is, uh, you know, I, some, I, you know, I don't personally use a lot of credit. I don't. Here, here, here's another thing I'll throw at you. I'm throwing you curveballs today. I have a curveball for you, but let me first uh, pause for our final sponsor. Um, again, uh, for those of you tuning in, this is ALRPRA Weekly Law Practice Management Radio, where we bring you experts and attorneys who share tips and trends and the latest updates that matter to your law practice and help you issue spot those great things like credit damage experts. Um, a note from our third sponsor, Bridges Court Reporting. They provide the luxuries that premier law firms need, extending far beyond the professional courtesies and style that make Bridges Court Reporting a well-known name nationwide. The Bridges website and software allows you to access all of your transcripts and exhibits, as well as schedule. So again, all your transcripts, all your exhibits, and scheduling for depositions, all through the Bridges Court Reporter website. Um, also, any computer with Internet access, that's all you need. So before long, you'll be wondering why you ever used another court reporting agency uh, if you're digging through and looking for uh, the uh, hard copies of those transcripts. You'll regret not uh, having used Bridges because all you do is log on and there it is. So again, conveniently located across the street from the Daily Center here in Chicago, Bridges Court Reporters are ready to serve all your court reporting and transcription needs, whether those be here in Chicago or in New York, Los Angeles, California, Miami. They go everywhere. And the other cool thing is that the uh, price is not, there's no travel uh, cost added on or anything. Um, actually, we have an archive broadcast uh, of Katie Kingsley from Bridges Court Reporting who shared uh, all sorts of this information and more. So go to ALRPRA.com and, and view our embedded uh, blog talk radio uh, player and see Katie Kingsley uh, talk a little bit about uh, a new way that court reporting is uh, being being developed by Bridges Court Reporting. So do give them a call, bridgescourtreporting.com. Okay, back now to credit damage expert George Finder. George, I was um, about to, I just lost my train of thought and what I was going to ask you. Um, we were talking about seven years. We were talking, oh, I know what, what it was now. Um, the word on the street with some, several people that I've talked to, like myself, um, you know, law school was rather expensive. Being self-employed and running a company is uh, expensive, a lot of expenses out there. And one of the things that I tried to do was minimize my reliance on credit and loans. Um, so I'm sort of a cash-only guy, and that's worked out rather well for me. And, um, you know, luckily I'm able to afford the things that I need, and that's, that works. Um, but yeah, I have trimmed the fat. Now, there's other people out there who have told me, Nick, I don't use any credit cards. I don't care about my credit. You know, my wife left me. You know, I'm screwed. My credit's dead. I'm never going to get credit again. I've learned to live without it. You know, boo-hoo. So what do you say to that? Well, my reply is sort of like learning to live without sex. Nothing <laughs> You can do it, but it's not very good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, how much, what types of things, uh, let's, let's go through a list of the things that our credit can affect. I mean, we probably don't even realize, those of us who, uh, you know, if you have damaged credit, um, you know, what types of things you're actually probably paying more for. Whether you're cash only, you're going to be paying more for some of these things, right? Well, it's not so much that you're going to be paying more. And, and, and uh, you know, the convenience of credit does have a charge, but, there's a way of using credit where basically it doesn't cost you anything, and, and it's, it's, in essence, living on a cash basis. You set a certain credit limit that either the company has imposed on you or that you've imposed on yourself, and if you need to buy tickets or to, you know, to concerts, to, uh, uh, for travel, for who knows whatever, um, you use it to pay it off within 30 days. It hasn't cost you a nickel. If you have good credit, you're probably not even paying an annual fee. So 
Is that like living on a cash basis? It's better than living on a cash basis because you can pick up the telephone and you can say, I want to buy this right now. I want to buy this computer accessory. I want to buy this airline ticket at a discount. I want to buy this uh, uh, fancy dinner reservation or trip reservation for me and a friend, hopefully a good friend, okay? Uh, You can't do that on a cash basis. No, another thing, lines of credit for the business. I know that that's something that I've looked at, um, you know, from time to time with – if uh, you know our, like, you know we have a staffing division, so we have to pay our pleading drafter attorneys who are running to court for people and such. And right. uh, if a client law firm is is slow to pay, I, I I'm on the hook still. So lines of credit That's are something true. that are affected by credit too. Well, and if you had uh, your own mountain of money, you wouldn't care. But uh, again, there's nothing that says you can't live without credit. We all live without credit. You know, our society lived without credit for many years. Credit as we know it today has only been around since the 50s, okay? I mean, it's, it's an amazing uh, allowance of realization of opportunities. Uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs who have wonderful credit who put business ideas on a credit card, and if it works, they pay it off out of the profit, and if it doesn't work, they pay it off slowly which is all the credit card company wants. But the point is that they were able to do what they wanted to do. Now, there are bad entrepreneurs who get nailed by that freedom, if you will. So, you know, credit is a very personal thing that makes a huge difference in how you live your life. And I'd like to to go back to something a lot more practical than uh, uh, ethereal. Um, You know, one of the questions that I'm frequently asked well, okay, so we, my client thinks that they have a credit damage issue. How do we prove it? And it seems to be very amazing to attorneys that the proof is in their mailbox, in the client's mailbox, has been in the client's mailbox every month. I base my opinions of what the credit was uh, like before injury, what it's like after injury, and my measurement after of the two events on very complicated uh, uh, documents like monthly statements. If you have a monthly statement that shows that your credit card company has said we're lowering your credit capacity from a zillion dollars to two and a half bucks, well, there's your proof that it happened. There's nothing speculative about it. And, by the way, the date of that event is also right there. If your credit card company says, due to our review of your credit situation, we are uh, uh, giving you notice that your interest rate, by the way, they only have to give you notice with the new credit card laws. They didn't have to give you notice before. But whenever they do it, they give you written notice that your interest rate is going to go up. Well, what better proof that that happened than in the monthly statement? This is not complicated. If your uh, client falls into um, arrears on the mortgage, well, there's a mortgage statement and there are several notices that are issued uh, by the mortgage service company uh, confirming whatever the status of of the note is, that's your foundation for the opinion. Uh, I provide to the law offices uh, without any hesitation a list and I don't have it in front of me, otherwise I would read it to you, and I've given you some of the highlights, um, of the kinds of documents that are used as evidence, as the foundation for an expert opinion to determine the extent of credit damage. Let me also tell you some of the kinds of information that are not relevant to credit damage. Tax returns are not relevant to credit damage. Uh, when someone asks you for tax return, that's a verification of income. That has nothing to do with your credit. I don't need to verify somebody's income. I simply have to verify their credit. Now, if they lost their credit, it's not unusual for the defense to say, well, how do we know that you had the income to support this usage of credit? And my answer is always the evidence is that the creditor allowed it. 
we don't have to do any kind of fancy mumbo-jumbo uh, forensic uh, accounting to do that. As long as the creditor is willing to spend your credit, you have sufficient resources for that credit. Period. And those and those and those resources, as we've discussed before, are an asset, certainly. Yes. So what I'm saying to the lawyer is, just as they collect medical bills and medical records, uh, other medical issues, but medical bills more than anything else is where the the checkbook meets the bill. Well, it's the same thing with credit issues. The bill, the statement, the the, the notices are all that's necessary. Uh, for my purposes, I like to have a copy of the complaint. Uh, for my purposes, I want to get a personal narrative from the client uh, so that I know what their perception of what's happening is. Uh, because they may be thinking, well, you know, I stubbed my toe. I'm ready to be awarded the Taj Mahal. That's not going to happen. It helps to get the, these kinds of personal narratives so that the lawyer and the expert and the client are all on the same reality check. So much information, so little time. George, what do you want to talk about next week, or next month, I should say? Uh, I don't know. We'll talk. We have a week to figure it out. There we yeah. go. All right. Well, we've uh, – you cert- go ahead. I was going to say – you know, maybe your your listeners could uh, tell me what they want me to address because, you know, I do seminars all the time and I'm starting to feel like I'm doing a seminar because <laughs> we're not getting any feedback. Let, you know what? Let me do this. How about how about this? I will before our next uh, before our next uh, time together. I will call around to. Um, you know, to some of the some of the law firms that handle some of the issues that involve credit damage, and I'm going to collect their questions, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to stump you, or try to stump you with some of their questions, and uh, maybe the best person with the best question um, will win a prize, and that prize can be either, um, what did we have? We had your, um, tell them what they'll win, George. <laughs> they'll win an absolutely free $1,800 Credit damage analysis. How's that? That is an $1,800 value. That's nothing to shake a stick at. A free $1,800 valued credit damage. I'm just writing that down. Credit damage consultation. No, analysis. Analysis. What's the yes, difference between a consultation and your analysis? And the consultations, they'll talk to me. They may walk away with nothing, okay? Yeah. Other than... Okay, if they provide me the documentation uh, required for an analysis, I will give them something they can take to court. That wow, means they're perfect. going with a loaded gun, okay? Loaded gun. All right. Well, listen, callers, get ready. We're going to do this next time. Um, I have to uh, go, go sign off now. We're going to run out of time. George Finder, thank you so much again for sharing uh, your credit damage expertise. Um, on the measurement of credit damage and helping us uh, with some more issue spotting. Um, it's, a, it's a long and arduous uh, task to really wrap our heads around all of it, so I appreciate your availability. Um, I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in to ALR PRA Radio. I'd like to thank today's sponsors. Number one, the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Two, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And three, Debbie Bridges of Bridges Court Reporting. Again, ALR PRA Incorporated's mission is to educate the legal community on the relevant law practice management issues and to help our law firms spend more time serving their clients by professionally managing their production and promotion activities. Our mission's underlying values are transparency, flexibility, and humility. We are a full-service law practice management agency available nationwide when professional quality matters to your firm. Thank you again for tuning in and please... Please tune in next Thursday, May 27th, where we'll have Mary Erlane from Peak Marketing and the well-known group LMI uh, to speak on LinkedIn for Lawyers. Mary's going to tell us some do's and don'ts and how to really uh, polish your law firm's brand using LinkedIn. So, again, thanks to George Finder. Thanks to our listeners. And this is Nick Augustine for ALR PRA Incorporated, and we thank you for your time.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.